0: The next African story will be written by Africans. Meet the people using technology, innovation, and entrepreneurship to craft this new narrative. This is Building the Future podcast with your host, Doting, coming up today on Building the Future. Nigerians read. We have people that refill like 20,000 naira on average every month on the catalogs. You know, we have a single user that probably shall spend 500,000, 600,000 on books. So the thing is that Nigerians read. The problem is that books are not available. It's easier to buy a copy of Things Fall Apart in America than it is to buy it in Nigeria than it is to buy from Chinua Achebe's hometown. Interesting. You know, it's easier to buy a copy of Chimamanda Adichie's book overseas than it is to buy it in Nigeria. Because the top publishers, you look at Farafina, Kazar Republic, they have their books in probably like 33, 25 bookstores, period.
1: I have on the show today Okechuku Ofili, the founder of Okada Books. Okada Books is an online book publishing platform that makes it easier for Africans to publish their own story via a mobile app. Okechuku is an author, an artist, a public speaker, and he used to be an engineer at an oil and gas company. Okada Books has been mentioned by a few guests on this show as a company that they find interesting. So I reached out to Okechuku to interview him for this podcast. I find his story interesting and his passion for his work is quite hot. Obvious. Its platform has powered over 14,000 books and a million downloads. Okada Books is disrupting the way African writers share their stories and is using mobile technology to make those stories accessible to readers that we otherwise find it difficult to buy or have access to loads of books. In this episode, we talked about why he started the company, the problems he came to solve and how he bootstrapped it whilst working as a full-time engineer. I hope you enjoy my conversation with him. This episode is brought to you by JEE Client Services. Have you ever left a negotiation feeling that you have lost, overcommitted, or will be overpaying? Negotiation is a skill and it can be learned. It is one of the most important skills you ever require as a business person. That is why you need to attend this online masterclass put together by JEE Client Services in conjunction with Lauren Gold Consulting. It's three series of live webinars starting from 14th November 2017. At the end of the webinar, you will understand how to gather intelligence and prepare for negotiation, how to set expectations, how to bargain across cultural borders, how to deal with deadlocks during negotiation, and a lot more. This isn't just any masterclass. It is put together by top players in the game. JEE Client Services provides business support, governance, and compliance services for SMEs, large corporates, high net worth individuals, and membership organizations. I've known them for some time, and they're super professional and excellent. In what they do. If you want to get the best out of your next negotiation, you need to sign up to attend this webinar series. Go to www.jcs.ng and register. The first masterclass is free for listeners of this podcast. To register, go to www.jcs.ng. Welcome to the show. My guest today is Okechuku the founder of. Okada Books. Somebody introduced us, but before we got that introduction, um, you were mentioned in one of our episodes by a founder that I was interviewing, because one of the questions we ask at the end of the show is, which business excites you the most apart from your own business? And one of my guests said, Okada Books is very interesting. So I said, I would really like to talk to the founder of Okada Books. So I mentioned that to a friend of mine who said, oh, she knows you. And then we got an introduction. So shout out to Uma, yes,
0: UK, who introduced us. <laughs> I owe her money for that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so welcome to Building the Future podcast. Thank you for so having l- me. So let's start from the beginning. You started in Houston. Yes. Then you came back to Nigeria. Yes. And then you were working for Hoyle. Uh, company, which is a dream job for a lot of people, <laughs> yes. uh, but you had each to do something different. So tell me about that.
0: Okay. So I moved back to Nigeria. Actually, I moved back as an expat. So I had this whole, where I call it an artificial move back because when you move back as an expat, you're protected, right? They give you an apartment, they give you a car driver and everything. But what was lucky for me, because I call it accidental. I would like to say that I came back and I saw the sight of selling book and all that. But you know, when I moved back I had written a book called How Stupidity Save My Life and the book did well in stores. But when it was time in, to... was it published in Nigeria? I self published it in the US. In the US. So okay. I'd already started selling it and doing the rounds in the US. In the US. In okay. Houston particularly before I came back um, to Nigeria. What was the book about? My stupidity and how it saved my life. It's more about um, academic success. You know, in Nigeria, they, you know, when you struggle academically, they say, "Ah, this boy is stupid," and they don't, they just give up on the person. You know, so I kind of poked fun of it and I talked about how the fact that they called me stupid actually saved my life because I realized that my stupidity was just my unique way of learning. You know, interesting. Um, so that's really what the was book was a satire. All about. Not satire, but you know, satire is more direct, okay. but it's more delicate satire, you know, where you're really just poking fun about things. It's really funny. I, I laugh at myself, but I still pull out heavy meaning from what I write, you know, because it's what is reality for a lot of um, Nigerian students. I'd written this book and, and it did really well. When it you said point,
1: did well, what, what do you mean by that?
0: It did well in the sense that it got to a point where I had 1.5 million naira. I sold more than that, but I remember the 1.5 naira because bookstores were owing me this money. And every time I, would, and I can't mention the bookstore's names because I don't want any um wahala, but every time I would go to the bookstore, they say, ah, oh, god, come back later. The manager is not around. So and you give
1: them the books uh, to sell for you and yeah. then they would tell you that.
0: They had sold the books, they yes. had made the money yes. and now it was time to collect it and yes. then every time you get there, they will have one yes. story. You know, I
1: published maybe. a book, I self-published a book in 2001 as well and I had the same experience with bookshops i still remember a bookshop in ujula but that is still holding me money and my book should be there or they said it's, it's not been sold i actually forgot about it okay i've been around there but i can't remember that bookshop anymore i can't remember
0: what the guy
1: i was so desperate for my book to be in a bookshop and i gave it to him and pss, nothing came nothing. out of it
0: <laughs> i mean they may have sold it and just there's a big bookstore that i gave and this is a totally different story i gave them the bookstore went there one day in abuja and i couldn't find the bookstore. <laughs> They are carried the money, they are carried the books, everything. So that's the reality of things. So I had 1.5 million naira sitting with these two key bookstores, and I was trying to get my money back, and they would be giving me this manager, manager is not around story, and just give me the runaround. So after some time, I went on the internet and I did the social media campaign. XYZ bookstore Give me back my money. And by then I was an influential writer. I was writing for Bella Ninja. I had articles with Y Ninja. I had a good followership on Twitter. So my story was able to trend up to the point that it got to the bookstore's attention and they literally called me into their head office, paid me my money, and begged me to stop the campaign. To stop
1: the campaign. Wow. So the pressure worked.
0: It worked. But after I went through that, I realized that not everybody is as opportune as me. Not yes. everybody has I don't a have the kind
1: of audience.
0: Yes. And I realized that the bookstores play these games. They take from the little people and they will use it to make... All and while
1: you're doing that at the same time, working full-time? absolutely, You're the traditional side hustler, right? So you okay. have your full-time job and you are so active doing something else that it's almost like a full-time job for other people exactly. as well.
0: Exactly. especially in Nigeria because you don't have that luxury of just let me just hop into my car during lunch and drive to the bookstore. You no, know, Lagos traffic blocks all that. So it's really, you know, full-time. I call myself a cubicle entrepreneur. No, because i working from the cubicle and trying to start a business. But I got this thing and I realized that not every Nigerian can fight like that. So I kept saying there has to be a transparent system where if people buy a book, they get an automatic notification about the book sales. Everything is transparent. When they request their money, they enter their bank account get the money they can download their statements send it use it for tax purposes everything and that's when the whole idea of a cada book started you know really took off initially i'd already experimented by putting my books on blackberry through a vas platform where they sell it with sms and everything and by then people were asking me how can i do it for my book and when all that thing just merged into one i realized that you know we can create an app and initially i wanted to do it for blackberry but i couldn't find any developer and thank god I didn't find a developer like a developer in BlackBerry they because thought,
1: BlackBerry was declining.
0: It was dying. <laughs> even though I didn't know because BlackBerry was the thing in Nigeria. It's
1: Interesting, yeah, because BlackBerry was a big thing in Nigeria. And even when most people in the West were not using BlackBerry, every time I meet with people in Nigeria Blackberry from the UK, was say, "Oh, do you have a BBM? What's BBM?" <laughs> it was a thing.
0: It was king. Even when it was dead, it was alive in Nigeria. So I had this false perception that you know BB is the thing. And luckily, the developers I found we're like no we can't do pb but we can do android and i was like oh, let's just try android and i wasn't thinking but i locked out on that and we developed it first of all for android and the, the and what rest was the, the idea basically the idea was basically in a simple nutshell was to take books and put it into phones and leverage mobile technology to break down the publishing bureaucracy so
1: publish and, so, and distribute using mobile technology
0: exactly and that's what we did we don't wow. cut our books. And so far, we have over 14,000 books uploaded to our platform. We have over 137,000 users and close to a million book downloads on our website. That's
1: interesting. So how easy... So let's break down the production and then the distribution separately. How easy is it for you to upload those books to your platform?
0: It's as easy as posting a picture on Instagram.
1: Okay, because those um, books are already on um, electronic format. Yes. So, so you, you just take talk your to the book,
0: auto... And we created a system where instead of running around trying to get Calibre or Seagull, you can just put your book inside our system and automatically create an EPUB file for you. You can design a template, cover everything all from Okada Books. So it's self-publishing. Self-publishing, exactly. Simplified.
1: And then you then do the distribution. Yes. And then it's based on revenue share.
0: Yes, 70-30. They keep 70, we keep 30. So
1: a bit like Amazon as well.
0: Yes, but the only difference is that Amazon, while Amazon is trying to sell ready-made books, we are trying to create a platform where users can also easily publish books. So we're not looking to take, let's go to the farm and buy the corn that has already been and then just put it so people can sell it. What we're also trying to do is to give people the soil so that they can grow their stories and then... Put it on our so platform. you're encouraging
1: writers to be able to be motivated enough to write books and get a story out because they will monetize it easily through your platform.
0: Yes and no. It's not just the money. I am a big believer about the stories we tell. Okay. And I believe that Nigerians aren't telling their stories because publishing is very difficult. And what ends up happening is that the stories of Nigeria we get are written by people like Chimamanda and not to knock a hustle, but... You know she's writing from that Nigerian perspective that she has, but she also has that foreign perspective because you know she's trying. So we end up having all these foreign Nigerian writers, and we need to find a way. How do we get more local Nigerians, the ones
1: writing a Nigerian story, exactly without a protagonist that is foreign? Yes, or without a foreign
0: foreign background. You know, real Nigerian. So, so that's what we. We are pushing how can we tell our story? So
1: tell me about the early days of Okada Books. So you were still working full time, yes. you got developers to do the first version of the app and then you published your own book first on it? Or what course, was the first my, book? Yeah.
0: My first book was the Guinea Pig. In fact I was giving it out for free just to start off the platform. So I don't know anything about developing. I'm a mechanical engineer. I just know the general. I know I know C. You know, I know MATLAB, but I don't know. Okay, let's talk about that. that.
1: Because there are lots of people that are remember listening to this now who have ideas and they know that technology is needed for them to develop that idea, but they're not they're non tech mm-hmm. founders and they want to engage with tech developers to do the product for them. They have options. Get a CTO or get outsourced service or hire developers how did you go about yours in terms of breaking down the features of your hub and working with the, with the developers that did it for
0: you i mean for me i got a cto quite early um my co-founder for Kata Books. when i started i had this idea and i was like go and make it you know tell me what the cost is and he gave me the bill and i was like "Blood of jesus <laughs> i don't think i can afford this i went back to my friend then we went to the same university and i was like look i'm not a tech person you're a tech person you worked at microsoft there can you look at this thing and tell me if it makes sense and you know he gave me feedback and this and we kept talking and after some time I was like
1: I'm really interested in this idea. Oh interesting so you went to him for feedback originally not like it because there's a lot of mistake that founders make about i mean, non-tech founder so I need a CTO and then start going about begging some people to become CTO who might not be interested in your idea in the first place you're just trying to force them into something that they're not, really they're
0: not interested, interested
1: yeah. in, and it's not worth it for them but yeah. you were just asking for feedback and the guy said mm, i like this kind of is that the conversation that's
0: basically how it went so i just kept going back and forth and you know and it was like mm, i really like this thing and i want to and he was the first person to actually believe in the idea um beyond me and he put his own money into the company. His name is juduoko and then from there we started it but the key thing and you know the key message for people because it goes back to the question you're asking if you're non-tech to a certain degree you can start off your idea to a prototype level it does not need to be fully fleshed out because if you tell people okay before you start your idea you need to find a cto you need to do this you will never start you know start it up to a prototype mm-hmm. level um to the best of your knowledge and try and see if you can find somebody that will help so how do you d- how. how
1: would you do that um to be the prototype if you're a non-tech person i know there's some tools online that you can use to knock out the prototype yourself or you can actually use the Lean Startup methodology by just engaging developers to do that for you at a very minimum level rather than building the all whistle and bell um, features.
0: I mean, you answered the question. Yeah, <laughs> because it's MVP. And it's really important that you, you mentioned that. And we will talk about it, later, but I'll still touch on it. One of the core success um, tips for us was when, when we started, my partner recommended that we read a book called Eric Rice, The Lean Startup. The Lean Startup. Yeah. And the principle of the book in a long short story is that focus on MVP. Don't focus on building this beautiful thing and, and all that. Okada Books, we don't have an office. You know, we don't have a car that has Okada Books logo on it. It's very lean. And we focus on the core um, basics, and that's what has been able to allow us stretch so much with such little money without any funding. We have no external investors, nothing. So MVP, keep it simple. Just try and get your idea to the point where people can understand. And then you have this thing it's called Marvel app where you can design out an entire prototype, get people to give you feedback. You have radar.tech cabal now. You have forums out there that would say this is a bad idea, this is a great idea, this is a good so you can get feedback. And as you're going through those Things, you're going to find someone that says, Hey, do this, do that. And you'll be like, Man, I'm interested in this. And you pull them in. So you don't need to go out and be like, Ah, I'm looking for CTO before I start this idea. Just start. It. You can go on Elan's, you can find developers in India, you can find developers in Ukraine, you can find developers in Nigeria. Get the idea started first of all, and then your CTO will come.
1: That's good. And I think that really nailed it there. So let's talk about when you then built a first version of Kata Books. I mean, your book was there, you were selling it, oh, you were giving it free. Was that for customer acquisition?
0: Customer acquisition, absolutely. Basically,
1: when did you then start publishing for sale?
0: We started advertising it as a sale. Nigerians like money, <laughs> so we couldn't try a Wattpad model where, like, ah, oh, come on, put your story for free and then get exposure. It doesn't work in. It. So we had to understand the economics. So people wanted to know how they could get. Um, their books on there and the pricing, so we had to manually take it in. Like I would literally go to authors and be like, look, I love this, your book. Can you put it on our platform? And they will put it, we'll put the price and then we'll track it based on the number of downloads they get. And then I'll go to bloggers and I'll be like, look, this, your blog series is very sweet. Can we put it as a story on a catalog? So And I'll literally have to copy and paste their block storage, design cover. Everything. So there's a
1: lot of behind the scenes, um, um, non-automated, non-scalable way of just priming the pump.
0: Yes, you have to do that when you start off. No, but you're not going to ever build a product that people be like, man, isn't it so shiny? Let me just start putting it. You really have to do the, le- I mean, I call it block scavenging. You know, we'll go on Naira land. I'm like, look for series. And then I will repackage a series for somebody and I'll put a draft cover and be like, this is what it looks like. And they'll be like, okay, I get the vision. You can go ahead. And so that's what we really had to do in the early days to grow Okada um, Books. Then we also got Project Gutenberg, which has a lot of the free classics like Alice in Wonderland. Um, For three Musketeers, so we're able to get that to get those books on our platform, and then slowly and surely started automating. So, how did itself. you get
1: more customers uh, more people to start the users to be uh, reading Okada books? How did you get them?
0: That's a trick question because I think I know where this lands because we always say, Ah, do, do Nigerians read, you know, reading culture? And that is the blessing that. I had is that I knew the marketing, the book thing. Nigerians read. We have people that refill like 20,000 naira on average every month on a cut of books. You know, we have a single user that probably shall spend 500,000, 600,000 naira on books. So the thing is that Nigerians read. The problem is that books are not available. It's easier to buy a copy of Things Fall Apart in America than it is to buy it in Nigeria than it is to buy from Chinua Achebe's hometown. Interesting. You know, it's easier to buy a copy of Chimamanda Adichie's book Overseas than it is to buy it in Nigeria because the top publishers you look at Farafina, Kasaribu republic they have their books in probably like 33, 25 bookstores. Period that they can trust with the books because of all the because of the
1: issues the that we talked sh- about stress.
0: So what
1: about the old publishers like Henneman African Writers cities so I should they're publishers or University Press Ibadan. We have what, African where writers. Is
0: We have African Writers Series. We have Hammond. But the problem that we face with a lot of this is that people are afraid of Nigeria for whatever reason. But
1: they've been here for some time. I mean, like Macmillan and others, have they gone or they're not publishing anymore?
0: They're still around, but they're publishing in the old school way. You know, okay. we've approached Spectrum, for example. I'm like, look, we want to digitize your books for free. We'll type it every They say no. You know, so what? Are we? we went to Paysetters. We sent, I even said, I went to Paysetters setters Macmillan. I was like, look, I will pay you whatever dollars. Can you give us the digital rights? And they're like, no, they're not interested.
1: Oh, Paysetters. That used to be very popular in the 90s. We, we've actually
0: digitized the entire thing. Like we have it. But we can't go live with because they
1: didn't because give you the copyright for it No,
0: so those are the things they are just holding our books and their stories and after some time you know when we're going out and we're getting all this stuff we start realizing that instead of trying to get this old thing is we probably need to start creating our new setters series so because
1: this, there are lots of writers yeah, are lots that of are writer. writing yeah. contemporary stories yes. that a lot of nigerians can connect with because i can also understand i mean paysetters write I mean, if you I mean, it's good that you digitize it and there'll be an audience for that. Uh, people that grew up in the 90s, people that grew up in the 80s, but the millennials are not going to understand some of the stories in base it because, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <'cause> it's <so laughs> because it's so... Because it's so There's yeah, some exactly. of the things that they're talking about. I mean, the story is unique, but then some of the technologies and stuff like, no, that you cannot no. connect to you some like, of
0: them. like, why didn't they just use a cell phone? are <laughs> like, no, there's no cell phone. You have to use the... Wait for Dalton on it now. Yeah. So I understand what you're saying. So we have to create our new stories instead of depending on the... Um, so, old tell stories.
1: me about it before I ask the next question about the turning point, uh, the tipping point for you. Was how did you then start getting your users? So, what, which channels were you using to get users for Cadabooks?
0: We started with. We didn't do newspaper adverts. We did heavy word of mouth campaigning. I talked about blog scavenging. I went and compiled a list of bloggers and I would just email them and keep sending them, you know. So that's what we did. Naira Land has a treasure trove of writers. We also went into Naira Land and tried to scavenge. And then Facebook adverts was very helpful for us to get um, a lot of readers on board. We focused on Facebook adverts. I tried Google ad didn't really work um but facebook, facebook is interesting yeah because you can really target mm-hmm. demographics to surilaria to you know so it's very very accurate so facebook was very helpful for us and the so
1: engagement is very high we, we use that as well and start started for a lot of our campaigns and facebook has been the most profitable viable channel for us
0: best yes free advert for facebook but they are good (laughs) because you can do all these things that you want to do do adverts and all but what really keeps people is our customer service you know ensuring that we give one-to-one a fun experience for users transparency when people say hey my money i'm not sure we can give them records of this is where they bought your book in china on this day and date and give timestamps and all so do you have users uh,
1: outside the country as well
0: Absolutely, absolutely.
1: Okay, so you started monetizing quickly, immediately. So it's was, it was two separate marketplaces. You had the writers who are publishing, and you have the readers who were uh, reading the book and paying for it. So when I buy a book on a colour book, I download it or yeah. I keep it in my wallet or folder on a card it Book. Downloads it downloads into the app. Downloads into the app, yes. and I can read it on the app on the app for as long as possible. Yes. Um. Do you have any issue with people sharing their Username and hey, sharing with their friends or transferring the file to their friends.
0: People will try the Netflix where they share password or the Spotify thing, but we're not really bothered with that because we don't want to micromanage it to that level. But what we prevent is sharing of the files. So for Kata Books, the books come DRM protected, so digital rights management. So you can't download a book and then send it to shoot an email out to anybody. And I'm sure you're familiar with the leaks of Toki book um, on Becoming and Shego and Danny's book against the um, the run of play. So DRM protection is really important in Nigeria, in A country like America, the legal gateways to buy books are so much to buy music. There's so much so that they can drown out the piracy. But in Nigeria, we don't really have so many easy ways to get book. Like I said, for a country of 200 million people, we have like 22, 33 credible bookstores. We have Okada Books as the only real digital market solution. So um, we're very exposed to piracy. It really impacts us more than it would impact an American um, in America. So digital rights management is very important and key to Cutter
1: And so you really, really focus on that and reducing that kind of exposure and risk. Yes. So tell me about your tipping point. When did this thing become boom that you felt this is going to be big? I'm going to have to leave my job and move it from side or so to the main or
0: I just left my job two months ago. I don't know that the tipping point happens like a tip. I think it's much more over a period of time. Over a period of time. Is there, was there
1: a book that was published, particular author? You mentioned some of the authors now. Um, do you have some kind of event where an, an author was published and it would just maybe a little bit went mainstream?
0: Yes, yes. I mean, what I tell authors and I try and convince them is that they have talent and their words have value. But because they've been giving away their words for free for so long, they don't really understand the value in their words until you package it to them and show them. And even sometimes they were like, will people buy my book because I've been given? I'm like, just trust us. So we've had people that... You know, for example, Talking Mac and White came, made half a million on the platform. Half a million uh, dollars? Half, I wish it was dollars. <laughs> i time retired right <laughs> But half a million naira on the platform. Then we have Sally Kenneth Dadzie. She's never published a book, like a physical book. Everything is ebook she was the one that set the first record where she made 150 000 naira in a month and now she's making her regular monthly payments she's left her job she's now doing writing um you know full-time so those are the interesting stories that start. you know you start realizing okay we're able to create because you have people that in nigeria that wake up every day monday to friday they drive to work, endure traffic only to get paid 70 to one hundred thousand naira per month and we have this platform where you can sit in your couch write stories and you can make 80 to hundred thousand hundred thousand naira it makes sense so we started realizing that we can actually do something great with this uh, but for me the, the key tipping point where i was like you know i have to step up was when i started realizing that i wasn't able to write because i was spending so much time on Okada yeah it's true because
1: you were a writer you created a product for writers and then you found that
0: it's, it I stopped you from writing from writing, yeah so i was realizing i was spending a lot more time on Okada Books, and I realized then that you know I really need to step out and try and get focus on this thing full time and see where it goes.
1: So you run a Okada Book for how long? About three time, three years. Like? part-time and you have a very highly uh, demanding job Absolutely. as an engineer and you once told me about the fact that you took meetings on in the toilet yes that's interesting
0: yeah it's because it's, it's a necessity if you want something bad enough you have to find it no excuses I, so you have I, to
1: go to the toilet to take the phone call yes and i close the deal
0: i close the deal for Nolly books is this South African uh, books and I' been calling her calling her and the day she finally called I was like at work and I was like I can't do this I had to go to the toilet to close the deal and we got the books and she's doing well with the books but I mean she would never know that it was closed Except on the toilet she listened
1: to this podcast
0: <laughs> exactly <laughs> and she's like give me my books back I don't want the toilets. <laughs> But those are the type of sacrifices you have to make as an entrepreneur. It's not as simple as like Mark Zuckerberg. Oh, just get up and quit your job or don't go to school. To a certain degree, that story doesn't work for everybody. You have to juggle your work, use your work to kind of fund your side hustle till it gets to a point where you can quit.
1: So are you profitable now?
0: We are Making profits, but we haven't yet made up for the initial investment we okay, made. To but
1: you're out. running cash flow positive.
0: Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So we have enough money to pay our staff. We're not weighing anybody anything. I mean, like, we need to spend more of our naira. You know, so
1: you're not putting money in anymore from your own, no, own no, stuff. No, okay. No. So we're done for How long did you have to put in your own money or did you raise money?
0: We used our own money. Okay. Me and my partner just. So you bootstrapped it. We put in our money and um, it was 2014 and part of 2015. And then I think we made a decision in 2015 that we're not putting any of our money. We're just going to run it on its own. It was because that time you're making enough money for it to be running on its own not necessary. we just knew we had to psychologically prepare ourselves to stop putting in money and then because you know when you keep putting in money you would always find it easy to oh let's just put it but we had to stop ourselves first of all before we even got to the point of profitability so
1: how did you then run the company if you're not putting money in and you're not making enough
0: we're able to force ourselves to find ways to, to make, make money, money. Okay, Bec- because yeah. when you have money you do that's things you'll be uh, taking it but when you don't have money you force yourself to think so outside
1: how do problems. we make money yeah. and that's very important I think you hit it there sometimes you just need to make psychological decisions okay this business needs to make money or we go home so we need to force ourselves into how do we and, and the mind can be very crafty right you find a way of Creatively making money.
0: You start saying, "Ah, the opportunities are coming," but it's not that the opportunities are. It's just that you've changed your mindset. We got a, a fourteen thousand dollar grant from Microsoft to design the app on Windows. You know, we got some other funds. We started realizing that the money we had that was sitting back, we could put it in a fixed deposit, get some additional money on it. Put, you know, so you start doing things. All this, and you're like, "Wow, we are geniuses!" But it was always there because, but we never saw it because we were too busy putting our own. Money in. So you
1: quit your job. Yes. Did people think you are crazy?
0: Absolutely. When you quit an IOC in Nigeria, like, are you? What's uh, IOC? Oil and gas. Those okay. top pound. Um, yeah. Total, Chevron, Shell type companies. We'll be like, are you all right? Are you to are you,
1: to join a startup. To come
0: and do Okada books to dry. You know. So does that mean you're not earning as much as you are earning? Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, we're not even any. You know, I'm, I'm doing a side hustle thing where I'm doing Okada books, but I also do like speaking at schools to try and raise some money and all. But um, we're not.
1: You make money from that speaking at schools.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: How do you make money from speaking at school?
0: People will invite you to speak. Sometimes they'll pay you fifty thousand, two hundred thousand, mm-hmm. or they would say, "Okay, we'll buy hundred copies of your books. Come and speak to our students." I mean, I was doing that while I was working also. So I was doing Okada books. I was doing this. Ophelia so Speaks Then I was doing the pressure gas equation to bring oil out of the <laughs> oil out of the you, you're a typical
1: side of Nigerian <laughs> uh, Nigerian side of Person, that's quite good. So, let's talk about the impact of Okada books and the vision behind it. So, because I remember when we are talking before this show, you mentioned one of the most popular writer on your platform is from the north, Musa Jai. Musa Jai, yeah. who we're thinking might be a Yoruba guy who lives yes, in the north and yes. he writes in Aousa,
0: Nasara State.
1: Because Ajayi sounds like a Yoruba name. Yes, Is a trader.
0: Yes, he sells and, fruits on the.
1: And streets, tell right? me about him and what he does.
0: So, we started and uh, this is something i always say when you build something you assume it's going to be used this way but you never know how it will be used you know we're looking for all these english writers and the pace setters and this and then one day we just started seeing the traffic spike on our google analytics um, and we we're like we well, you know where is this traffic coming from and we started seeing house 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 and then instead going into this thing and then i realized it was spiking from a guy named musa Ajay. so i sent him an email and i was like hey you know can we meet can we talk and um you know and it then it turns out that he was a guy that was writing erotic novels in the Alsa language and I was like <laughs> and who would have thought that you would ever find some we, we'd never in our vision in our business plan when I was thinking about Katabooks, I never thought that someone would take erotic novels in Alsa languages and put it on our <laughs> platform but it happened and you know, it gets to the point where even in emails that we were receiving, they were sending us emails in Alsa and we had to start looking around for <laughs> some, who in our team could respond to the People emails. were sending
1: email in Alsa. Yes, because of
0: the popularity. And based on its success, more and more people started putting um, their books and. You know, it's not a crazy number. Um, you know, that's what people would say, but it makes a big difference in Nigeria. Now they, you have people that are clearing from the north thirty to forty thousand naira per month from their books, and they're just doing it like that easily. You know, and, and, and Musaja
1: really, is a fruit seller.
0: Yes, yes.
1: So he may be making more from Okada books than he's making
0: who knows i don't know his <laughs> foot selling numbers but who knows and this is with um a hundred then or a hundred thousand users so imagine if we're able to push this to one million users you add a zero to the potential of someone ending two hundred thousand or hundred thousand hour regularly per month and he can leave what he's doing and start writing more stories so his was a testament of you know what your app can your app will take you places that you don't even know it's taking you and then when we started doing that i then stumbled upon an article In BBC, and this is something we talked about, about how people were writing romance novels because they were trying to pass a message for their daughters in the north. Because, you know, the north is so conservative and people don't talk about sex as it is, you know, inside, even in south where conservative talk less about the north. So what the older women started doing was they started putting these stories in the books, because they would have their daughters asking questions about, they "I'm getting married. I don't know what to expect on my first night, and this and that." So they started putting these
1: books. So the ladies, were u- and the older ladies, were using novels to educate their young younger ladies about and sex and
0: bypassing their rather than just sitting
1: there and doing sex education,
0: which you couldn't do because yes. it was banned. They were able to bypass the system by disguising it in stories. To pass on the message of sex ed, which is so so powerful, and I went to the market in Canada, and this is you know one of those things that we're trying to bridge because this market is just big, and they have all these books, and it's just like wow. they I
1: published didn't... normally? Yes. So the ladies will write um, erotic novels and publish it yes. through normal publishers in the north, yes, and distribute it.
0: Distribute it, and they and have that
1: wasn't own... banned, and nobody was raising an eyebrow.
0: They did, so they had to keep. Tweaking it. I don't know if you heard, there was a point in time where they took all the books and they burnt it in canoe. No. Yeah, they had to. They did it. So they had to create these rules and regulations, what type of covers you can use and what type of words you can use. And that's how they crafted and put it in. And so there has been a lot of fight. There has been a lot of resistance, but they found a way to still be able to work within the restrictions to get the books um, out there.
1: The key thing now is that you are, with Okada books, that restriction is removed because there's no book to burn. Yes. There's no cover you to, the, you to regulate. Yes. Almost everyone have access to a mobile phone. Yes. In the north. Yes. And they can have access to that kind of the. And Android is very
0: popular. And w- what happened now was when they were trying to bypass the system, because the other thing is that women don't walk around as freely as the men said, so we have to send people to buy the books. And there's a lot of, mm, you know, it's not as fluid because you have to find a man you trust to go and get you the book and everything. So they try to put it the books in WhatsApp. And share it that way and sell it. But what they found is that people would buy it and then start sharing it for free. So that's. So the writers where are we... not
1: getting paid.
0: Exactly. So, Cata Books went to the north and we struck a deal with the authors um, and their distributor to digitize their books. We've done about 86 as of this morning and we have about 14 more to go. We have 100 books digitized and we're planning to do even more um, depending on sales. But now we are getting more of their books on our platform and with Okada Books, with our DRM protection system, with our ability to leverage mobile devices, we're able to create a balance where the author can profit and the reader can also profit. And is
1: there a distribution strategy whereby the authors can also talk about the book and tell people about it? Absolutely. And that way
0: you're getting more users. Absolutely. Because
1: when users come to Okada Books, they will not only discover the author, they will discover other authors as well. Exactly. And make them stick.
0: Exactly. And even I say with the little 100 books we have, Digitize Ourselves plus the other ones that people like Musa Jayan. Ibrahim have put on our platform. We have the largest collection of Alsa books, period, in West Africa, I believe, or, or Africa, possibly on the Okada books. And that can create
1: platform. a very strong network effect. Yes. Because it means that me as an also reader, I would rather go to uh, Okada books because I can get Musa Jai, I can get Ibrahim, I can get Nasco, I can get all of our the writers exactly. and there. And I can have, without any restriction as a lady, I can easily get access to these books. And then Musa Jai would rather publish on Okada Books than publishing and, and going through all this process of printing and
0: everything. And even the printing, and this is important that you mention that, because Musaja initially wanted to put his book on Amazon, but Amazon rejected it because it was written in the Alsa language. And you were like, no, we don't understand this, you can't And that's when he accidentally stumbled on Okada Books and just he just started promoting it. And, you know, I, I mention his name a lot, but he's a real important person in our success story.
1: And I think those are the kind of people that you have on, a, on an platform that at the beginning just become the spark for a lot yes. of things. So Musa Jerry became the spark for the North and opened a n- new market for you that you didn't see before. And it will probably become the elephant for you in the North. Amen. And we actually draw a lot of people as well. But there's, there's a strong network effect that you have there, which we make Okada Book to be very defensible because... Writers would rather want to come to Okada Book to publish and readers would rather want to come to Okada Book because they can discover good writers. Yes. And so the more good writers that come to Okada Books, the more users we want to come there and it create that vicious cycle, yes. cycle where people say, okay, I, this is the place to be.
0: To be, And even with that, one of the key advantages of Okada Books is that we create localized solutions. So one of, early on, any startup, that I'm sure you've, you spoke with the pay stack people, you know, and they're doing a tremendous job in fixing the payment problems, but... Payment has always been an issue. I say that if Nigeria can create an M-Pesa, just watch our economy explode, literally. Because that's the biggest thing holding us back. But with Okada Books, we realized we tried everything. You know, we tried using SMS payment, but the telcos wanted to collect seventy percent and give thirty percent for the auto Ocada Books and the VA value added service people to share. So at the end of the day we'll be carrying ten percent of so that didn't work. That's what we started off with. That didn't work. And we started with direct deposit but
1: why is it revenue share with the telcos so upside? I
0: don't even want to go into why do
1: that? you take seventy percent of somebody's work? I,
0: I spoke there's no telco that I've not spoken, so I've just given up on that. But what Ocada Books did that was really genius and was really important to us growing was that we created a manual system where people could take you can buy a recharge card on the street scratch the number put it in our catalog system and then you would get um refilled based on that amount so that's how we're able to because people talk about "Ah, all the banks we have in Nigeria, but what people fail to realize is that less than 10 percent of Nigerians have bank accounts. A okay. lot of us have multiple bank accounts. Like I have five bank accounts, you know. So very low percentage of Nigerians have a bank account. That's so
1: interesting. So you also selling online to people that don't have bank, to your absolute, bank.
0: Absolutely. And
1: you have to figure out the payment solution for yes. them. And the way to do that was using recharge cards. Recharge cards.
0: So that allowed us, because there still no, does not exist a solution for people even paystack is not a solution because not everybody has a credit and they've simplified the system but it's going to take a long time before the person in the village would have his card to put in and all that so etisala the mtns and glows they already have the solution because they are so out there they are spread M- Pesa from kenya was driven by those safaricom which is a, a mobile company so they already have the solution but i just don't know why the block Is there?
1: I think it has to do from what I've heard. This question has come up a lot. It has to do with the regulation in Nigeria versus the one in Kenya. In Nigeria, they would not allow mobile companies, telcos, to have that uh, license for absolutely transfer. Rather, that sits with the bank. But in Kenya, the telcos have that kind of license. But it's
0: killing our economy. Uh, it's really killing our economy and you you know what the potential can be when we can do micro payment there's so many ideas you go to radar sorry for the free radar advert people just have all these ideas but their biggest stumbling block is the payment system
1: and then yeah, I've had a few other startup founders here who actually have had more fintech founders on this show than anyone basically and they keep Saying that that's what they're trying to solve basically, which it's is going making to be very it easy. But you're saying that it's very low percentage of people that low. have bank accounts that all the fintech, Flutterway, Paystack, Vogue Pay, stack, easy interswitch will actually reach to.
0: Look at Paga, which, for example, right? You know, when you go to anywhere in the US, you say PayPal, people are like they know PayPal. If you go to Benue State or you say Paga, they're going to be looking at but you. Well, like, Paga
1: is actually making payment easy for the unbanked.
0: Yes, yes. But, but what I'm saying is that even for their large growth, they still have until they're able to take PAGA and tie it with an MTN or, a, or an Etsy We're never going to be because able to... Because they have break.
1: the distribution network that yeah. is larger than every other person.
0: Because PAGA only works PAGA to PAGA to a certain degree. And I'm just really simplifying. So until we're able to get PAGA to be like Impessa, until we're able to get Paystack to be like PayPal, you know, where your email address... For PayPal, they just made your email address, your account, and everybody has an email address. For Mpesa, they made your phone number, your account, and everybody. So until we're able to create that type of solution, it's going to be very difficult for...
1: Is that a barrier for growth for you? Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. I think Okada Books could have been doing crazy numbers if we had that um, payment ease. Because what happens now is that we have to manually verify the credits, so that adds, you know, we have someone that would have to, every day they will sit down and take the code and load it into their phone. And then we have to try and resell the credit at the back. And then we try and use the credit to give our contractors data so they can use it for their internet and whatever. So, but it's a crude manual process. And by the time we hit, we start growing and it has started happening. We can't handle the traffic. So it's a real barrier to growth.
1: Would you then consider, of course, after you've nailed a lot of the business model and your growth, would you consider then going to a more mature payment market like Kenya to do Okada books?
0: (sighs) I'm breathing because Africa is a cluster mess, it's a quagmire of It's easier for you to do business with the US than it is for you to do business in Kenya. You can have a bank account, a GTB account in Nigeria, travel to Ghana that is a few minutes away and go to their own GTB with the same exact logo and they'll look at you like, we don't know who you are because it's a completely different system so we tried in imp- setting up a um in pesa in kenya it was a disaster why this, the process is too much you have to literally go down there and set up an account and everything and for a young company it just wasn't that was a
1: distraction for you what's
0: the stress and even after we grow to a certain degree what flutterwave is doing is very important that's all i can say um flutterwave needs to succeed for africa to succeed the reason why africa doesn't grow is because africa has created trade barriers for itself. Why should I go to Ghana? Ghana is asking me for yellow fever card. Why should I go to Ghana and have a, guarantee, a GTB bank account and still go to the ATM and not be able to? Meanwhile, we're just next to each other. So, until we fix that, business in Africa is just going to be difficult. But we're going to try our best to expand to different markets, but it's going to be very difficult.
1: Are we tried BitPesa? No. Which is a blockchain that they're trying to solve the cross border payment uh, using blockchain. I use them a lot to transfer money to Nigeria,
0: actually. I will check it out. I haven't. Yeah, I,
1: haven't. I, I can do an intro to the founder. It's quite good. Okay. So tell me about the future of Okada Books. How do you see it? Actually, more than Okada Books, the future of self-publishing online mobile book in africa
0: okada books wants to disrupt publishing in nigeria what drives us every day is that we believe that our stories are not being told we just believe that just walking out there just stories out there and okada books just wants to create a platform that can extract the stories whether you're selling it whether you're giving it out for free we want to put this story so that we can start telling our own stories there's a popular saying that until the lions learn to write every story will glorify the hunter right so when you start looking at our culture our history you start realizing that a lot of it is I won't call it whitewashed, but it's not really telling. Us. And we start hearing this one-dimensional story where every story is written with a Lagos perspective or is written with a Harcourt perspective because those are the popular. But what about the Northern perspective and all? So that's what Okada Books wants to simplify. We have a lot of crazy, crazy, crazy futures that we're about to release. We have this one where you can just take your blog URL, you put it inside the Okada Books app and instantly it would convert your blog into an EPUB. So then we simplify it. We just need to do some little editing and you have a Boom. We're working on a cover design where you can literally design your book cover without having a graphic designer. We're working on a marketplace where it's like an e for publishing. You need an editor, you need a publisher, you need a graphic designer. You can find it on Mokata Book. So it's not just buying and selling of books. Ours is to extract stories.
1: And I'm sure you have access to lots of content writers that want to not just write novels and stuff, but they can also write for people, for businesses as well. You Absolutely. You have access to those Absolutely. people. And that can, you can monetize even, that.
0: Even script writers. We have award-winning script writers, Tommy Adesina, on our book that write script for um, Nollywood. It's getting there. So that's our vision. One million users, one of the biggest, best platforms for book creation. Our focus is grounded by the fact that Our stories are worth telling. We need to tell our stories.
1: Are you raising money now?
0: Yes. Yes. I just, (laughs) I just had a call with an investor before I came here. So yeah, we are working, they've made us an offer, which is great. We're just negotiating equity stake and I'm really excited to work. um, I can't mention their names, but I'm really excited to work with them because, um, it's an exciting company um, that they are based on what they, their track record. We are also applying to different accelerator programs. You know, the whole plan has been for me to quit my job, try and raise money and then, you know, be able to get enough so that my partner can also quit his job. Oh, your
1: part. So you have two co-founders?
0: Yeah, myself and my partner.
1: And then he's not quit his job yet. No. no. That's interesting. So you bootstrapped for about three years now. How big is the team now?
0: So we have an external team that works Ukraine slash Lebanon. Your uh, dev team? It's a mix. You know, we have developers in Nigeria, but when the project is really big, we give it to them and they also help us break it down into bits. And so we know what to give. Then we have about seven developers in Nigeria that are helping us. Working full-time for Akada Books? Not full-time, part-time. We have only one full-time person um, developer. No, sorry, we just got a second person that joined us full-time he was part-time but about two weeks ago he went full-time and then we have a strong marketing team about seven people that are doing um marketing for us so uh, that's
1: what do you, what do they do in marketing
0: instagram posts harassing authors uh, that's what i call it harassing authors and <laughs> publishers to put their books on cutter books um you know that that's really marketing
1: well that's quite good yeah. so i've got a few more questions to ask and fire on Questions which just need one sentence or two seconds answer to them. So I'll say statement and then you just respond. Is that okay? Ready? Okay. What is your biggest business pain point at the moment? nepa electricity
0: right (laughs) yes electricity (laughs) (laughs) so
1: is that you spend so much on it or is it just that
0: you know we don't have an office right so people work remotely so uh, i've become a power bank expert we've bought power bank for this This power bank doesn't work or it worked for some time then it didn't work and then we just ended up buying batteries another one one of our developers is working from niger state they don't even have light enough to charge the power bank so we have to give him Fuel well, allowance so those are the obstacles it's very frustrating um, because we feel we can get a lot more from our people so, so nepa is one of that the other thing is some um, bureaucracy doing business in nigeria is not as easy as doing business in the states but through that we just push through
1: are you still going to go on with your distributed team rather than having an office where people can work from
0: eventually we'll get an office but i don't think the way okada books is set up we necessarily need to have an office it doesn't do anything for us we just need an address. And that's what we have. I don't think we've gotten to the point where we need a full-scale office with logo and all that, no.
1: What is your number one growth metric?
0: In terms of breakout, I want to make sure your I understand growth that metric question. Is the,
1: the metric that you're using to evaluate your business growth. Uh, it could be a number of users, it could be revenue. It could be, But what is the number one thing, that, number that you look at every week or every month to indicate that you're growing as a business?
0: What I look at is how much we make every day and multiply by 365 to see what we can make every Every year. So, and then I look at users. Since about 2014, we've doubled in everything. We've doubled in use, doubled to, there's no word for 2.5. I can say tripled, I can say doubled, but we're inside double, tripled, that 2.5 growth. So we've seen that type 2.5x growth for users and for revenue every year and this year we want to accelerate that to maybe a, a four or a five so those are the numbers that I look at but the thing that we're doing right now is that we start realizing that we have things we call vanity numbers where you say oh we have this number of users but what I've pushed the t- team to start doing is that we need to do more detailed metrics I want us to know how active our users are and I want us to start focusing on those things we, we don't really have that beyond Google Analytics to know how many people actively use. but we, I want us to know how many people are actually using the app and cut kind up. Of, so that's what we're working on now well, yeah,
1: you- users are paid users right so yes they, for you to be a user on a card book you have to be paying or is that you don't have to be paying. You, you, have can you can use can, it for you free can register yes free and then okay so your active users are people that are paying Pain, yes. Okay. Which book are you reading at the moment?
0: The book I'm reading at the moment, I struggle to say the title if I'm permitted to say it on television. You can, you can say it. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> a television, i podcast radio. It's Get Your Shit Together by Sarah Knights. What is it about? It's a self-help book, but it's a no bullshit type self-help okay. book. It doesn't beat around the bush. It's like, get. And I think those are the type of books that I like because they don't beat around the bush. They go straight to the point.
1: Which business is getting you excited apart from Okada Books? Flutterwave. Flutterwave.
0: Because I think what they are doing is very powerful. The other business that I would like to talk about is Paystack. They came and they rescued us. And they, I believe they rescued the Nigerian industry because they came and they just they simplified things. I mean, we worked with so many other people to try and, try and get things worked. But Paystack just they make you happy to know what Nigeria can be when you let young talents you know do work so pay stack and Flutterwave wave exciting good. it's me.
1: interesting we had both of them on this show it's S- yes. so a sign good. that's good <laughs> thank you very much Okachiku no for problem. coming to this show I really
0: appreciate it. Thank, thank you me. very much for having me you've been listening to Building the Future podcast by Dalton these are the interviews with entrepreneurs that are playing a key part in shaping the African future and you'll be able to hear all their stories for more sign up for the weekly newsletter at
1: thestarter.com that dot t-h-e-s-t-a-r-t-a.com and sign up for our newsletter it will be a huge favor to me and it's really simple and easy if you subscribe now it will help us a lot thanks You should mark this date on your calendar, 21st to 22nd November 2017. That's when I'm hosting the second series of High Growth Africa Summit. Last year, the High Growth Africa Summit 2016 was lit. We had over 350 entrepreneurs and investors across Nigeria, other African countries, UK and US. And we had lots of great speakers. This year, it's going to be bigger and better. It's happening in Lagos. We expect to gather more than 750 entrepreneurs and investors. This is not your average conference. The Focus will be about learning how to build, scale, and fund your own business in Africa. There will be workshops, seminars, and masterclasses on practical stuff like how to validate a startup idea, how to grow your business through digital marketing, how to hire and manage a software development team, key questions investors will ask you before taking a meeting. The sessions will be taken by entrepreneurs who have been in the trenches and have battle to scars to show, and investors who are currently taking big risks on African startups. To attend this conference, You need to register at HighGrowthAfrica.com. That is H-I-G-H-G-R-O-W-T-H-Africa.com. It's happening on the 21st to 22nd November 2017 in Lagos, Nigeria. The ticket is less than $30 for general pass and $100 for the investor pass. But the ticket price goes up as we get closer to the conference. Go to HighGrowthAfrica.com and register now. That is H-I-G-H-G-R-O-W-T-H africa.com and register now.